I've said a couple of times that I believe the 2021 legislative session is the year of a tax cut. COVID is obviously huge. We want to, first of all, make sure that we reduce the spread immediately. Ah, the bells of the Utah legislature. That means it's time for lawmakers from across Utah to come up to the state capitol in Salt Lake City and try to pass hundreds of bills in the span of just 45 days. Hmm, 45 days. That could be a great name for a podcast. In fact, that's a great name for this podcast. From KUER, this is 45 Days. I'm Sonia Hudson. And I'm Emily Means. After a little break, 45 Days is back. And we are here to guide you through the ups and downs of the 2021 general session. This year, things are a little different on the Hill. Some lawmakers are going to be voting and debating online due to the pandemic, but some lawmakers will be up on the Hill still with COVID precautions like regular testing and plexiglass around the lawmakers' desks. But even with some of these differences, some things will also stay the same. There's still a Republican supermajority. Republicans only lost one seat in the House in the last election. So with all those Republicans up on the Hill, it means that party really gets to set the agenda for what gets done and what doesn't. On the other side of the aisle, you have Democrats that are trying once again to kind of play defense against that Republican agenda. There are only 23 Democrats in the House and the Senate combined. They do get together with Republicans to pass bills, but a lot of times they act as kind of a foil for the GOP with the speeches they deliver on the House and the Senate floor and in committee rooms. To help set up what we can expect this session, I talked to Senate President Stuart Adams. He's a Republican from Layton, and I am also from Layton. Stuart Adams and I have very strong opinions on how you pronounce that word. But I started by asking him about what he wants to accomplish. Policy priorities, education is always number one. When the session ended last year, the pandemic hit us. We chose to use a blended approach that protects lives, but also we had to protect livelihoods. And because we used that blended approach, in the fall, we were probably the only state in the nation that gave our education community a 2% increase. And in December, we met an executive appropriation voted to give a COVID type of a stipend or a bonus to teachers and actually reinstate the 6% increase we did last session. Talking more about education, you recently said it was time for the Salt Lake School District to get back to fully in-person schooling for K-12 through students. But I feel like the strategy during the pandemic was more to let local school districts decide what works for them. So why the push for them to reopen in person? For some kids, online works, but for some kids, it hasn't. I don't just represent the people in my district, but I think I represent the entire state as Senate president. And I'm so concerned about the kids. And I know the teachers are, too. But now they're getting vaccinated. I think there needs to be a confidence level that they can go back into the classroom. And we all love local control, but I think sometimes we need a nudge to try to, to do the right thing. The big tax reform package exploded last year at the beginning of the general session. So how will the legislature revisit the tax code this year? 
I've said a couple of times that I believe the 2021 legislative session is the year of a tax cut. We've heard from senior citizens that are struggling. I think we need to look at the validity of actually taxing Social Security, at least for those in certain income brackets. Uh, we've heard from those that are retiring in the state that have served our country so well. And uh, a lot of states uh, do not tax military retirement. We've heard from large families who actually were disadvantaged when the federal government did their federal tax reform and took away the dependent exemption. And we know that a tax on productivity hurts our economy. So I think those are four areas that we had to look at for a tax cut. Despite the pandemic, we've got a half a billion to a billion dollars, depending on how you look at it with ongoing money. And uh, we funded education. We've taken care of the state's needs. And it's probably time to look at doing a tax cut. After this summer's protests against racial injustice, we've seen some police reform bills being proposed by lawmakers. I'm wondering which ones you would support. Well, we've actually taken a what I'd call a holistic approach in the Senate. and We actually passed a chokehold bill during one of our interim sessions. But as we looked at it, we decided we need to be methodical. We need to be thoughtful. We want the process to be inclusive. And we're doing that with House and Senate and the executive branch. But are there any specific proposals that you think you would support? I'm going to let the process work. And then as we listen, we'll probably find the best way and the right thing to do. The legislature has a history of tension with the last governor, Gary Herbert. What do you think your relationship will be like with Governor Spencer Cox? My guess is there'll be good days and bad days like there is with anyone. Right now, I'm impressed with the collaborative effort that he's made. And I really respect and appreciate that. I think it's really important that we follow the, the outline of our founding fathers. The legislature sets the laws and we actually set policy and the executive branch fulfills those policies. And I do know that Governor Cox wants to do the right thing. And so do we. And as we go through the process, there, there may be some things we disagree on, but I'm confident we'll be able to work them out. And I think the future of Utah is unbelievably bright. Senate President Stuart Adams, thank you for talking with me. Thank you. Appreciate your time. So, Emily, what were your big takeaways from that conversation with President Adams? Well, Adams definitely wants that tax cut to happen. He said 2021 is the year of the tax cut. The year of the tax cut. Yay, the year of the tax cut. I thought it was just 2021, but here we are. (laughs) But Adams isn't the only Republican that wants that to happen. An $80 million tax cut is also in Governor Spencer Cox's budget. So that's something that will be a big focus for Republicans this year. Adams also mentioned education funding. Education is always a big issue up on the Hill. He mentioned those COVID bonuses for teachers as well. Uh, He also talked about putting together a group to work on police reform, and he's kind of taking a wait and see approach to see what comes out of those conversations before he makes any decisions on the types of bills he would support. We've talked about the Republicans. Sonia, what is going on with the Democrats this session? So the Democrats are interested actually in some of the same policy issues as the Republicans, but have a little bit different perspective on them. I talked to House Minority Leader Brian King to get a sense of what the Democrats are going to focus on this upcoming session. I started off by asking him to list out his top three priorities this session, and they are one, COVID, 
Two, the budget and what the legislature spends its money on. And three, health care. COVID is obviously huge. We want to, first of all, make sure that we reduce the spread immediately and that we behave responsibly in terms of masking, social distancing, small groups. The second track is the vaccination track. And I'm happy to see Governor Cox come out unequivocally and say we need to get shots, vaccinations in people. The second big thing that we need to deal with are budget issues. There are a lot of ways in which we can assist those who are struggling with homelessness issues or with uh, rent eviction issues because of COVID. So I think that we need to, from a budgetary perspective, address some of those needs as quickly and efficiently as possible. If you were to ask me to identify a third issue, I'd say um, health care. Those are three things. There are a lot of things on the list, as you know, Sonia. Yeah, absolutely. We had a lot of Black Lives Matter protests over the summer that have translated into several police reform bills. Which of those bills do you think is most important? Representative Romero has put together bills mandating uh, that police officers, safety officers get trained in crisis de-escalation techniques. I think that's an important bill. There are bills that deal with the need for a public database for individuals who have been uh, disciplined for excessive force uh, allegations and other misconduct as police officers that would make sure that individuals who are in a position to consider hiring police officers across the state have access to their disciplinary history as police officers. That's another bill. There are a lot of bills. Some of them we want to push back on, and I think there are some bad bills being run. I'm concerned about HB 60, which is an elimination of the uh, concealed carry permit requirements. Being a Democrat, sometimes you kind of have to play defense with the Republican supermajority legislature. What pieces of Republican legislation are you most worried about this session? Some of them are going to be in the nature of different priorities in terms of the budget, what we want to spend money on and what we don't want to spend money on. I think there are some education bills that are likely to be coming down that we're concerned about, subsidizing individuals who want to send their children uh, to private schools, I think, which is another way of saying vouchers, is problematic. We may very well see some issues there. As the leader of the House Democrats, what is the most important role of the party in the legislature? Do you think it's more you should be more geared towards the strategy that former state senator and Democratic Party chairman Jim DeBacchus used being a loud, outspoken foil to Republicans? Or is the best strategy to calm down the rhetoric a bit and work with Republicans to pass some bills when you can? Or is it a combination of the two? It's definitely a combination of the two. You've got to have people who are willing to stand up and speak for Utahns. The Jim DeBacchus approach of calling uh, Republicans out when they're behaving badly or when they really have a poor policy position is essential. It's essential. If you don't do that, you're not doing your job as a legislator with a D behind his or her name. On the other hand, if you're contentious and if you're cantankerous and if you're oppositional at all times, you're also not going to be doing your job because people in the state of Utah want legislation passed that is going to help them in the future. And they don't want it done just in a partisan way. So I, I think that the last option that you gave me of combining those two things is by far the best option in terms of the either or. In other words, it's not either or, it's yes to both. It's combining them in a positive way. 
Representative King, thanks so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, guys. Appreciate it very much. Okay, it sounds like House Minority Leader Brian King and Senate President Stuart Adams are interested in some of the same policy areas, like education, for example. But there are probably some different approaches to those. I would definitely say so. Something that the Democrats and Republicans do agree on when it comes to education, like you mentioned, is that they both want to spend more money on it. But Democrats are also focused on preventing education vouchers, which can take funding away from public schools, but they also give kids more freedom in where they go to school. Well, King also talked to you about guns, and I know that's something that can be a really controversial issue. Yeah, in Utah and pretty much everywhere else in this country. And when it comes to guns, which I think will probably be a big focus of the legislative session this year, Democrats obviously focus more on gun control and Republicans focus more on gun rights. King mentioned to me that once again, he is running this universal background check bill. This will be the third year in a row that he's sponsored that bill. And the last two years, Republicans didn't even give it a hearing. So in some ways, I think that bill is a way to accomplish what Representative King was talking about at the end of our conversation, which is being a loud foil to Republicans. So does he even think it has a chance of passing? I think that it's probably pretty hard to look at its track record over the last few years and think it has a shot, but anything could happen. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) And like Representative King mentioned, police reform ties into this conversation about gun rights and gun control. And police reform is also a big focus for Democrats this year. But that's a big topic that President Adams didn't really have all that much to say about when you talk to him. Right. So let me try to fill in some blanks here. Uh, We're having this conversation about police reform legislation, mostly because of what happened this past summer. There were protests against police brutality and racial injustice. So this is a follow up to those events. Some of the bills that legislators are looking at, uh, there's one about qualified immunity, and that is something that protects police from being sued. Brian King mentioned a bill about police training, and Representative Angela Romero is sponsoring that bill. She wants police to have more training around handling crises, uh, you know, with mental health and those sorts of incidents. Romero is also sponsoring a bill on data collection around use of force. So she wants to mandate this collection of data throughout the whole state. But I'm not really sure what Republican support is like for these bills, because like you mentioned, it's more of a focus of Democrats. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching for what they have to say as these bills start getting hearings and talked about on the floor. Right. And some of these, I mean, they can be pretty controversial, too. It's not just uh, gun rights is obviously a big one there, but so is police reform. Absolutely. We've seen that with the back and forth over the past year. So. You know, lawmakers are not the only ones who participate in the session. The Utah Capitol is the people's house. So, Sonia, what have we heard from lobbyists and the public? 
Lobbyists have told me that they're kind of worried about not being able to form the same types of relationships, the same level of relationships with lawmakers that they have been able to in the past, particularly with new lawmakers. You know, they can't go take them out to coffee, go have lunch with them, have an in-person meeting, those types of things. I also heard from one lobbyist that it makes a really big difference when a committee room is packed when they're discussing a certain bill, whether that's for or against the bill. You can just kind of see the interest in public support or opposition for that bill. And that is that is impactful. And there were plans to allow people to attend these committee hearings in person to be able to give public comment with COVID precautions, you know, social distancing, things like that. But now lawmakers and Capitol Hill staff are worried about potential riots because of what happened at the U.S. Capitol last week. So public comment is now completely back to being virtual. Which I think in some ways can be kind of a good thing. I think having these committee hearings online and allowing people to comment virtually makes things a little bit more accessible because not everyone can drive up to the Utah Capitol and sit in a committee hearing for hours on end, you know? Yeah. And that was something they instituted because of the pandemic actually and developed. So little silver lining of coronavirus. In other Utah politics news, Emily, what were the biggest stories of this past week? The first thing that comes to mind is impeachment. All four of Utah's U.S. representatives voted against impeaching President Donald Trump. And this is the second impeachment of the president, and it blames him for inciting the violent insurrection and riots that we saw at the U.S. Capitol last week. The second thing University of Utah President Ruth Watkins said she would be stepping down after just three years as president of the university. She is taking a new job somewhere else, but she leaves behind what some people would see as a mixed legacy after how the U handled the murder of student athlete Lauren McCluskey. And the last thing, Utah's new governor, Spencer Cox, revealed his budget proposal on Monday He used those new recommendations to kind of follow through on some of the campaign promises he made uh, to focus on education, the pandemic, and issues that affect rural Utah. Okay, Emily, it's going to be a very busy 45 days marathon at a sprint pace. You ready? I am ready as I'll ever be. (laughs) Are you ready, Sonia? I am. I got a cupboard full of snacks. It may not be the same as my big Costco size thing of peanut butter pretzels that I had in the press room last year um, that I used to share with people, which I now can't imagine sharing food with people. (laughs) No, Um, but I got my own stash this year, got plenty of coffee, sweatpants. I'm ready to go. We're ready to go. And we have each other, Sonia. We do. That's all for this week. This is 45 Days. I'm Emily Means. And I'm Sonia Hudson. The show was edited by Caroline Ballard and produced by Roddy Nickpour. Chelsea Naughton is our digital editor. Trisha Bobita is KUER's podcast manager. Our news director is Elaine Clark. And the station manager is Joel Meyer. 45 Days is a production of KUER. If you want even more 45 Days, we're dropping new episodes every Friday morning. And we're sending out a newsletter every Monday that recaps the previous week in politics. You can sign up for that newsletter at 45days.org. That's the number four, five, days.org. Talk to you next week.
So uh, you're from Layton, right? I am. I grew up there. Now, do you say Layton or Layton? I, either way, you know, it depends on how I feel that day. I probably try to use the T because we've been teased so much about it that I, <laughs> I, I have to say Layton. From KUER.